In this episode of the podcast, I want to talk about the four-day work week because who knows what's going to happen next. Stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. Okay, so I was just reading a number of articles in the Wall Street Journal. One was talking about how bosses are demanding their employees to come back. And another was entitled, Is a Four-Day Week the Future of Work? So I want to address this, um, just the broader theme of what's going on. Just yesterday, I got an email from uh, where I work, my university, where uh, our departmental meeting, now it's right now as I'm talking, it's early August, about mid-August, that's when we're usually going to go back and start our preparations for the fall semester and uh, orientation would be next Friday, one week from now. I got an email yesterday saying that our departmental orientation was going to be a Zoom meeting as opposed to meeting in person, which was a, a strange turn of events um, reminiscent of what was going on in 2020. Uh, now, I don't know that the rest of the orientation will be by Zoom. I think the rest will be in person, but I think we're going to have to, just like this happened, split the difference as we move forward in life. And I think that there's going to be a lot of things that will shift from 2020 that will not go away. Like, I don't actually want to talk to the Domino's pizza guy. I, I, I just want my pizza, right? So having them set it out or bring it to my car without having to say a word to me just by typing on the app, I'm here. I think that's a great innovation that will stay. Uh, I'm part of a uh, scholarly organization that in 2020, we had our, our conference uh, all on Zoom, which I didn't really like. But when we were talking, I'm part of the board, when we were talking about what we we're going to do in 2021, we all wanted to be in person, but we were all talking about, should we have a, uh, a virtual track as well? So we're thinking in these parallel terms now, and I think this is what's going on with this idea of a four-day work week in the future. So the article began talking about Kickstarter and the Kickstarter CEO talking about embracing the you know new remote work week and potentially going to a four-day work week. Now, that would begin in uh, the following year, in, in 2022, because they have to work out some kinks, and you'll see why in just a little bit. Um, but, you know, COVID has really changed things. It's really, and the author of the article goes into this and talks about how COVID is calling into question long-held views about the structure and nature of work. That was a direct quote. That's right. I mean, if you think before 2020, before the pandemic, if you just thought, you know, I'm going to go in my, into my boss's office and say, boss, I'd like to work at home um, one, two days a week. Is that, is that okay? I mean, you mind if I'm not here? <laughs> Look at you like you were from Mars. Um, there, it just didn't, it wasn't something that was even on the radar or something that we could even understand. But what has happened has forced our hand, forced us to be better with technology, better with Zoom, better at being able to be flexible. And so work arrangements, remote arrangements um, actually became a thing. And they freed employees in one way. And they also bound employees in another way. And what I mean by that is you're free, you have flexibility, you can be at home, you can be somewhere else, 
but you're also bound because you're you're much more tethered, um, you know, by email or by text or whatever it is. Technology, you're tethered to that technology, and so there's also this. It's a, it's a double-edged sword in many ways. You have this freedom, but you also have this burnout simultaneously, and we're experiencing that now. This is again new ground, but I think things will change some. Okay, so this article is talking about all the ways that it's been tried before and uh, the experience of European countries and trying to reduce hours and things along those lines. Okay, so working at home, and I'm quoting here, this is a professor um, at the University of Iowa. He wrote a book called A Work Without End, and he said the experience of the pandemic and working at home has uh, has us beginning to question all the FaceTime requirements of the workplace. And now I've said this for a while too, because, you know, I'm really um, interested in this thought. Like when, when the pandemic hit, a lot of unnecessary meetings went away. And I, you know, I think that's, that's really a, a positive thing um, because you're not productive when you're doing unproductive activities that, are just taking your time. This is, I mean, Peter Drucker talks about that. And so you get caught up doing that, thinking that that's productive time, and then you're less productive. And you can work harder, but you can work longer. <laughs> but you're, if unless you're spending the time on productive activities, it, it doesn't really matter. So I think this has been good in one sense. Um, but we've started questioning it, like, what do we need to do? Or what must we do? Now, the labor market is really interesting. I'm going down the street and I'm now counting how many help wanted signs I see because the incentives that have been provided by government to, to not work in trying to help have caused uh, a whole different problem set, right? So we, um, the competitive labor market is part of what's going on. You have to factor that, piece that into the puzzle. Uh, so employees are actually competing for talent now, and that's a that's kind of a different place. So you might see that work out. Now, on the other side of that, this has been tried before. Um, Microsoft in 2019 uh, tried a four-day work week in Japan, and they, <laughs> after just a few weeks, pulled the plug on it. And and okay, so it didn't work out like they were hoping it would. Um, but I, I have a friend who um, who does something like this. He works in tech. And he works a four-day week and has a, a day off every other week on Friday. So he works, um, you know, extended hours. So instead of eight hours, he's working maybe 10-hour days on Monday through Thursday in order to make up the difference uh, or uh, in nine-hour days, whatever it is. Um but he also has that flexibility and he really enjoys that. So it can be done. Um, we just have to think about how to do it. Now, the article went in and talked about like the background. So in, in 1933, it said the U.S. Senate passed a bill that would have limited the work week to 30 hours, which is amazing, right? I mean, limiting to 40 hours was one thing, and that's what the standard had been. And they were trying to limit it to 30 hours. FDR withdrew his, you know, his support of it, and it didn't pass in the House, and it just stayed at 40 hours. Now, it had historically been longer, um, but they got to 40, they settled on 40 and 30. I'd, I'd never even heard of that, but that's pretty remarkable. And European countries have been experimenting with a number of these as well. Now, the trick is that 
organizations have to be competitive. They have to stay in business. They have to make profit. So uh, working more hours doesn't always uh, contribute to productivity. Working less hours doesn't necessarily contribute to productivity. Now, there are a few countries, there's a map in here that the, uh, working more hours contributes to productivity. It, it's true in the US and it's true in um, uh, the UK, I believe. Yeah, the UK. Uh, and um, But everywhere else, working more hours led to a decline in productivity. So the question is, will working fewer hours uh, do it? Now, it, it, part of what's going on with us in COVID is not necessarily working fewer hours. It might just be the flexibility of working at home. And there's some research that shows that it's actually better to work at home a day or two during the week, depending on what the job is, right? Again, if you have a manufacturing job and you have to be there to use the machinery, that might not work. But in some jobs, like being at the office only confounds when you really need that quiet time in order to think or to uh, focus on what you're working on. So there are some scenarios where it's not working less, but working more flexibly, more you know, remote a couple of days would actually be a good thing. Okay, so the idea of working shorter hours again, and I've just talked about this, has been tried in other places and some in corporations and some in entire countries. There's a Harvard business professor named David Yaffe, and uh, he's, he's a little skeptical about this. He said it's more likely to be a fit in smaller service businesses. That's what I was saying before, not larger, highly competitive companies. But he said something that I thought was really interesting as we're trying to think through this. Where you sit in the organization is part of this, right? So, you know, look, at my university, I'm just a professor. I, I show up for my classes. I show up for my office hours. And I can largely move my time around as I see fit. But the executive team needs to be there a lot. <laughs> and th this was his point. It, uh, it doesn't work for the senior executive team. So the senior executive team may not be able to do it regardless, I mean, of whatever is going on with others in the organizations. Um, they might also be less inclined to allow others to have that perk or that benefit um, without some significant hard evidence that shows that since they have to be there. But, you know, as a coordinating function, they need to do that. Um, so they, the author gave some examples of a marketing research consulting firm, Alter Agents. They had employees select different days off so that their coworkers would be off on a rotation. Now, that sounds like it's a practical solution. Okay, John's off on Monday. Uh, uh, Tabitha's off on Tuesday. Janie's off on Wednesday. Bob's off on Thursday. And Fred's off on Friday. So you, you work all that out. But the experiment, they got rid of it after only 10 weeks. And the reason that they got rid of it after only 10 weeks was that they found that it was adding stress to the process. Now, that makes sense. It, it does seem like it would take more coordination to do that. Uh, but it also led to resentment. Uh, it, it frayed the team culture. And it had all these negative effects that they didn't expect. Uh, so they decided, okay, look, you know, we still want to give you some benefit. We're going to give you one week off or one day off a month um, as part of normal benefits, which is pretty generous. Look, that's that's uh, 12 extra days or almost doubling your vacation time. So th I, that is generous. It's not the same as uh, four days off a month, four extra days off a month. So, um, you know, they're, they're still weighing that, but they tried it and it, it just, it takes a lot more coordination as a management professor. That makes a lot of sense to me. 
the time that takes to coordinate is going to uh, eat into whatever productivity gains they might otherwise have had. Okay, so at any rate, um, whole countries have tried this, right? Iceland and Germany and France, and I'm going to go through some of these. In Germany, they tried to shorten the working hours uh, in the decade through 1994, and they found a Rutgers University economist found that it might have actually hurt unemployment by shortening the working hours. A similar study, um, McGill University professor, he found that France's 35-hour policy, because they went from 40 to 35 hours, uh, it began in uh, the year 2000. It did very little to increase employment. Uh, I think they were actually trying to expand in you know the number of employment, not just productivity, but the number of people that were employed by spreading the work around a little bit. Uh, but it didn't it didn't really increase employment like they were hoping. Spain, uh, Spain's an interesting thing. Their government said it would pay companies to. This is forthcoming. This is they're about to do this. Pay companies to test out a four day work week. So we'll see what comes out of that. Uh, Iceland, Iceland has tried something where they reduced hours. It wasn't significant. It wasn't a whole day off. But in Iceland, uh, there was a study where employees who logged fewer hours without a pay cut showed improvements in well-being and productivity. Now, the well-being, I understand. The productivity, that's a little bit tricky. But when I found, when I read a little bit further, what I found was that I, they only cut back to 36-hour work week instead of 40 hours work week. So it's a half day off Okay, that's not that significant, but okay, I can see the well-being. Um, so they're they're trying things. They're they're trying different things in order to figure out what works. And you know, COVID may redirect this again. I hope not. Uh, but we will continue to try things. We will continue to to seek out what will work and what won't. I think um, rather than focusing on will we have a four-day work week, we should think in terms of how can we be flexible and work through what's being done and starting with the idea of what needs to be done within the organization and what still needs to be maintained. And then once we have, once we figure out how we can maintain that, how we can work flexibly within that system of what needs to be done, because, you know, if you, if you can't produce, you don't eat. So um, if we can work through that, we can think through it. When I was going through this, and here's the quotation for contemplation for today. When I was going through this, I was thinking about, you know, flexibility is a really important key to this whole discussion. And um, it, it made me think of a quote by um, uh, John Wooden. John Wooden was the, um, the, one of the most winning basketball coaches, NCAA basketball coaches of all time. And he said, an effective leader allows exceptions to the rule for exceptional results or when circumstances demand. And I think, you know, that's exactly where we are. That's the kind of thing that we're talking about right now, that flexibility and how that'll play out. Because, you know, when we're looking at, in, in our national politics, we're talking about everybody wants to mandate something. I Look, I'm in South Carolina and I appreciate our governor who, uh, you know, is kind of encouraging, look, be safe. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But, you know, he's not adding a mandate. Governments tend to have a knee jerk reaction to forcing you to do stuff. And I think, you know, the forcing is forcing does two things. One, it causes resentment, but then it also requires people to do that thing to the degree that we can think in terms of flexibility and test things and try things and figure out what works and what doesn't work. We gain knowledge, we gain intellectual human capital about what works. And now we should have a year 
uh, year and a half into COVID, we should have a really good sense of what we can and can't do if we've been testing things out. And um, so that will dictate what will happen. And it'll be different. It won't be an, an, a national policy of four-day work weeks, I don't think. I think what will happen is some places you'll see a four-day work week. Some days you'll see flexible remote work, which you're supposed to be working your regular hours. Some places will be all online or all remote. And, and you'll see different things happen. But um, as we, if we embrace flexibility, that will be a key to moving us forward because we're all different. We're, we're not all exactly the same. We don't have to have equity in the sense of we're all doing exactly the same thing. It, that, that just doesn't work. Um, again, that example of being in the factory, you can't necessarily uh, work from home <laughs> from a factory kind of scenario. So if we think in flexibility, I think we'll get the greatest results. Okay, that's all that I have to say. Hey, I'm curious what you think about this. I'd love to hear from you and hear your feedback about what's going on in the workplace. Thanks for your time and for listening to this. And I hope this helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. Thank you.